you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Around the NFL podcast. It's recognized by no one in the United States. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm joined in a room filled with some heroes Mark Sessler, Nick Shook. Yeah, you heard me. And Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Uh, this is me. Hey, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't have to just try to take his spot or his role. It's, but, uh, it's been done. And he's not going to let go. This is definitely going to be a uh, Colin Kaepernick replacing Alex Smith type scenario potentially. Oh, brewing damn. It, it, I'm just saying because Nick, and you just heard that he jumped in with the Hey Dan, he's got the eye of the tiger. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest. Oh, Mark with a C. Thank you. Wes is, you know, out having a very important uh, minor procedure today. We wish him well. And it's the a idea that he would be cancer Yeah, that he would be benched like during what a very a thing we all feel sympathetic towards him. That, uh, that did you be. feel sympathetic for Alex Smith when he suffered a brain of injury? Yes, I did. When his team was surging like this team. And then the new guy came in, the younger guy, the buffer guy. And then just went nuts. I'm just. I'm not or, saying I want it to happen. I'm or just it out the, there. the fans and and the NFL get so angry about it, it becomes more of a Colin Kaepernick getting boycotted from the NFL. So that uh, version of Colin Kaepernick scenario. I was gonna say it, Shook can't even do desk desk shifts anymore. Uh, yeah, I, was gonna, I don't, I don't want to be completely uh, shut out here. <laughs> yeah. Well, stay outside. Well, then for then just sit in for today's show, and we thank you for all your help all season, and and you're helping us out again today, Nick. And nothing it matters. We're gonna get we're gonna get into week sixteen, all the games, but I don't care. The only thing I care about is the tweet that came out. Uh, on Nerdist.com put together an expert um, study of podcast popularity, and you heard at the top of the show that comment about the you know the United States who doesn't care about our pocket. Well, how about this? According to Nerdist.com, and this is this is indisputable, the results here. No, naturally. The most popular podcast in the state of Rhode Island. <laughs> well, let's think. There's a place for everyone. Rhode Island's it for me. Rhode Island, no, Rhode 
Around the NFL podcast, the most popular podcast in Rhode Island, according mm. to the celebrated podcast uh, website, Nerdist.com. Eat it. I have two questions here. Yeah. How does one become an expert on podcast popularity? And how many counties are in Rhode Island? Mm. I don't know. But I do have Rhode Island fun facts for you. Did you know it's the home, Greg, to the Tennis Hall of Fame? Yeah, they did. Haven't been. but Pretty good, New- right? Newport. Also, they have a, a small tournament. That's funny you bring up Newport because it's the first <laughs> circus in the United States was held in Newport. Great jazz festival. I feel like Tamposi deserves uh, some credit here. I know she's from New Hampshire, but it's like, what's the difference? Uh, there is a they are, they're pretty similar. There is a they're massive difference between uh, them. I'm saying New England's kind of like I one mean, for thing. real. I'm not even – I'm serious. She's bringing in the locals. It's a, quite a stretch. Are there like state rivalries there? No, New England, we sort of all kind of keep ourselves together. You know, I almost went to the University I mean, of Rhode Tampos Island, too. I mean, from New Hampshire. It's much more, like, in, in much of Rhode Island is much more Boston than where than Western Massachusetts, where I'm from. It's all like, you know, give me a break. You would think all, all, my, area. all of my hatred over the years toward the Patriots would actually lead to maybe lesser numbers, but I guess they enjoy the suffering that the Patriots <laughs> have rained down on me until this season. Uh, also, one other reason why I think we connect, Mark, with Rhode Island, it never ratified the 18th Amendment prohibition. No. They I said mean, no. I ah. like that. We're like, we're out by the sea. We do what we want to do. We're not signing up for your hideous laws that try to truncate fun. Let's draw boundaries around song us. again. That, that was good. We have There's so much to get to. But... for everyone. Rhode Island is for me. Rhode Island, oh, Rhode Island. Surrounded by the sea. Some people Great when, song. I, when I learned to drive when I was, you know, when I got a license when I was 16 or so back then, like, um, took a road trip. From, Rhode Island is very close to, to where I grew up in Lake uh, <laughs> On the way back. <laughs> well, this was be Shut up, Eric. There, was, there were no maps back then. Like, you, there was no, like, phone map. I got so lost that I did not get home till like, 4.30 in the morning. Interesting. Some hideous highway. Surprising Snow because highway. It, it's a state that only uh, covers 1,214 square miles. It's wild to consider that we managed to colonize and then move all the way west across America with no maps. Mm. And it's funny that you mentioned colonize because Rhode Island was the final colony <laughs> of the original 13. All right. <clears throat> Great state. My favorite state. I always knew I liked that state. Now I know for sure. I have a reason for it. Let's get to the games. We'll start with the Saturday games. The Washington Redskins, who... Um, you know, for all intents and purposes, their season ended when Alex Smith broke his leg, uh, and it was starting to trend in the wrong wrong uh, direction even before that. I'm a little surprised. It's a little bit – maybe this is where Wes would have jumped in, no offense, Shook, and been excited about this Rhode Island thing, uh, but a muted response overall, I feel. The number one podcast in that whole state. I think we're just – we're humble. We're, like, looking to get 49 other states on that list. <laughs> right? Greg, you seem almost angry. I'm Greg does seem annoyed. Greg is annoyed. I know why Greg's annoyed. And I'm going to tell you right now. Why? Yeah. Because calling it the most popular podcast in Rhode Island is not technically what the Nerdist was claiming. And Greg was I, all over this. I only, when, I actually only checked that because you asked, Dan asked the question on Twitter. But you that, were like, could, so I went technically the, it's I went, not what I it went, is. I went and read the article. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they said. And he was holding wasn't. back from trying to rain on the parade with more factual nuance to the, to this, to what we presented. What do you even as. mean? <laughs> 
You're right. I I could give two about that. We're, that, that well, you've got a whole other podcast that you care about more. So, are you are you fine. debunking this this award? No, I'm not debunking it. I, I'm surprised Greg held up this long before bringing the rain. This is the true rainmaker, right here. I think it's fine. I mean, it's it's good. <laughs> I read it was a strange way they they measured it. It was just like, which state are you more popular in compared to all other states? So, so it wasn't necessarily, yeah. So but that's cool too. That that the road, it's it means the same thing. That's still that positive the Rhode Island, news. Yeah, the Rhode Island people love us. <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about it, this is the New England area. You're carrying this podcast right now. Right. That's you. I, I just figured like there's only like seven people news. that live in Rhode Island that this news is exciting to. We have a bunch of game previews to get to. Yeah, I, seriously, <laughs> let's move on with this thing. Uh, the Washington Redskins, they won 16-13 over the Jaguars uh, and uh, with a bunch of other teams in the wild card picture losing with the Dallas Cowboys losing. All of a sudden, 7-7 seven and seven with two to play gives you a faint pulse. And now they travel to Tennessee to face the Titans. Uh, Mark Sessler this is a Titans team that's been impossible to figure out all season. But one thing we do know for sure, three straight wins, including their last two victories by a 47-9 to margin. Are you now believing in this Tennessee outfit in the final weeks of the regular season? I mean, they've been hyper-streaky. I like that they – the old Titans team of old we thought was just going to run the ball 30 times a game and try to beat you up physically with their offensive line and their – power sets and multiple tight ends and just, you know, squeeze the life out of you. And over the last two games, and I realized that that game against the Giants last week, there was a weather aspect to that as well. But the split for Derrick Henry is simply unbelievably insane. 408 yards and six touchdowns in his last two games. Before that, 474 yards and five touchdowns all season, so a very he's got hot. He they're hot. They they it isn't just a fluke too. I know he had the long run against the Jaguars, but their offensive line put it to the Giants last week to the point where even Marcus Mariota on one play threw a killer block to take out a Giants defender. It and was so, fine. I mean, come on. Whoa. Well, for a quarterback, it was he leveled him. Whoa! Don't downplay this. Fine. This was awesome. Well, you're not you're not a Titans guy, so this is not a good development for you. But the Titans they, put put out his favorite team, the Giants, last week. So he's yes, still, exactly. Still upset. They have a little bit of identity, and they're playing the Redskins at the right time. The Redskins have allowed 400 yards rushing over the last two weeks and 130 on the ground in six of the last seven games. So it's good timing. And if they beat the Redskins, and if they ever found a way to knock off the Colts next week. According to the New York Times whole analytical business, they have a 95% chance of making the playoffs. So, they, yeah, they just basically need the Ravens or the, the Steelers to lose one game between the yep. two of them, too. Along with possible. that, very possible. They're also a team that seems capable of, of being in the fourth quarter of this game and it being way too close against Josh Johnson. I mean, Josh Johnson winning last week a game on the road, it was it's kind of one of the more amazing things that's happened in the NFL. <laughs> This year, for real. I mean, mm-hmm. this Redskins team, like the Browns didn't win a game, period, last year. Josh Johnson just went and won one. And I don't know, this Titans team just seems capable of anything. Like, I want this to be like an ugly game that actually means something in the fourth quarter. And you start thinking, like, could the Redskins actually enter week 17 with a pulse? But they're going to be without Jordan Reed. He's out. Monte Nicholson, their safety, was put on injured reserve this week. There's not really much reason to believe they could do it other than that the Titans are as inconsistent as any team in the league. Did you know that Josh Johnson was the fourth oldest quarterback to ever win his first yeah. start? Read that in our statistical manual. Who else finished ahead? 
And that don't recall rankings. that other part. So you don't know everything, do you? What, maybe Vince Evans? Or Dieter Brock, Stan Gelbaugh of Ooh. Seattle Seahawks, and Jamie Martin. Remember the uh, the old uh, St. Louis Rams in 2005? You know how you like – wow, I haven't heard of that either. <laughs> Jamie Martin. <laughs> you, the, you, you hear that phrase like, this is the team no one wants to see in the playoffs Like because, oh, they're dangerous. This is the game between the teams no one wants to see in the playoffs just because like, they don't want to watch them. Right. Yeah. No one wants them to out. watch these teams <laughs> – in the I mean, playoffs. especially for the Redskins. Right. And and Derek Henry, you mentioned, I, I haven't, like, Tennessee Titans haven't carried uh, people to fantasy championships out of nowhere since the old Billy Volek, Drew Bennett run of 2004. Oh, out beautiful. of nowhere. Some, something going on with the Titans. Bullock, but I thought, weren't Bullock there a bunch of people? For like 500 yards a game. That helped pay weeks. for a ticket for me <laughs> over to Japan where I met my wife. Whoa, Volek. Really? Wow. Was, was Volek the best man? Volek and uh, I was in a high Wait, how did you meet league. your wife in Japan? That's... Uh, she was friends with like my best friend growing up. Okay. She was like in his small circle of friends, you know, friends of college and stuff. She went to college in the states. She was hmm. there. Billy Volek, the matchmaker. Damn. I would. I wouldn't go with this if if I had to pick the Titans in this week or the next week moving forward, and I had to put my life on it. I'd rather fly a plane blind. Wow. That's then I mean, picking I would, the Titans. This I would week? take the Titans. No, absolutely not. I, I mean, you'd probably Titans. die. I would say the, the Titans at home against the Redskins doesn't seem that crazy. No, that that's how little confidence I have in the Titans, just because they burn me so many times. They do that. They have. <laughs> they, that's what Wes would say too if he was here, because just they have a way of reeling people in and then and laying a stink bomb. Let's see if it happens this week. Moving on, the Baltimore Ravens. This is the Saturday night game. Oh, and it's a gorgeous Saturday night game, Greg. I know you love it. You love it. This is the most interesting Ravens team I can remember versus like the the chance of Philip Rivers to become a legend. Fun, About fun, as good fun. as it gets. Eight and six, the Ravens are. Uh, took care of business against Tampa, uh, and they are in playoff position. Uh, they just need to close strong here, and they have to uh, go to L.A. now to face the Chargers. And, Nick, we know the last time we saw the Chargers, who were coming off a little bit of a mini-buy here, they had that tremendous um, come back against the Chiefs with the two-point conversion. Phil Rivers waving, taunting the Chiefs fans. He jogged into the tunnel. So high times in Chargers land. Uh, how do you see this one? High times for a potential letdown. And I'm one of the biggest Charger proponents you'll find this year. Uh, they were my Super Bowl pick before the season because mm, I, like to be, brag. I like to be wrong. And I thought I'd be pretty wrong there. But, uh, no, I think this is a Charger team that, Got a huge win last week and is facing a team that looks vastly different than it did in the first half of the season. And they might get caught just a little bit off guard, but it is the biggest game in the history of StubHub Center. I will say one thing that the Ravens... That's true. Galaxy have (laughs) had some big games. Beckham brought a title to the uh, (laughs) hub one year, or maybe even two. It's also not even a home field for the Chargers on any level. But despite that, I believe that they are going to take this... And I'm locking this up for the Chargers. <laughs> there wasn't a lot to pick from. I feel good about that. The Ravens are an interesting team. Hey, we're not team. That, No, I, good, like, I actually had to look at a bunch of these games and say, can't lock this up, can't lock this up. This one, I feel good about. I think this is, um, why, why wouldn't you pick against the Chargers the way they're playing all this good mojo? But I'm kind of with Shook a little bit here, Greg. Do you see the possibility of a little bit of a letdown? The Chargers still going to the playoffs either way. They could still take care of business next week at Denver and, and solidify themselves as a 12-4 and four I, team. I don't even think it's a letdown. I just think they're two relatively even teams. Yeah. I mean, the Ravens just went to Kansas City and took them to overtime. They have That's a very true. defined style. The The Chargers have the edge that they had more days to prepare for this game, and I think that's important because I think the Ravens are maybe the toughest team in the NFL to prepare for right now. If you look at the offense, 
is certainly running a different scheme than just about anyone else in terms of the way they run the ball and the way you have to prepare and the way Lamar Jackson's running ability gets receivers open. But even more on offense, where the Chargers offensive line has been iffy, I would say, over the last few weeks, this is a tough defense to prepare for all the protections. And we don't know if Keenan Allen's going to play. Melvin Gordon is expected to be back. But I, I see these two teams as playoff quality teams. Marlon Humphrey is playing unbelievable for the Ravens right now. And I don't know. I, I think it's a coin flip game. I give it a little edge to the Chargers, but not much. And you wonder if the nature of not just this Chargers season, which 11-3 and three and playing incredible ball, but also that primetime win is if there are Chargers fans in this region where we're doing this podcast studio, uh, right now, will there be Chargers fans in that building, filling out that building, or is it going to be an invasion of Baltimore fans? They're not really like, yeah, that's a good question. Two days before Christmas, are the Ravens, that's a weird are travel the Ravens going to travel yeah. anyways? I don't oh, I think know. It, then, it will, then the Ravens fans will turn into maybe some empty seats, which is even worse. But, I mean, there's no team with a more complex – <laughs> you know, in relationship with a fan base that really is only two hours away, but many of them would have no interest at this point. I, I, uh, yeah, I want to see the Chargers make the Super Bowl ju- just for that reason. W- one thing on the letdown, don't you? The letdown could have come after they beat the Steelers, the game that I thought they were going to drop and sh- not show up to. They showed up to that, then they showed up again. And so this one to me is like, they, the Ravens have not dealt with a great run defense during this right. showy stretch. And the, and the Chargers, unlike a lot of these other teams in the playoff, by situation are very balanced. This is a this is the biggest test for Lamar Jackson. I'm fascinated to see it. But I, I've seen and Wes has talked about it. They've played a bunch of cupcake run defenses. Like I get it, but they also aren't just okay. They're good at running. They're destroying the ball. them. They're the best running teams, you know, by some measures in 30 years over the last five weeks. So that's a lot. I mean, it comes down to from the point of a defender who's playing against the Ravens is if you read pass and all of a sudden Lamar pulls it down to run. He, he's hit a, a, a surprising amount of third and long passes. Doesn't have many passing yards, but has a number of third yeah. and long conversions when teams are just preventing, looking to stop the run. Is it unfair that Rivers is not getting pulled into the MVP race at all? I'm putting him in there. I think if he wins this game... I just game, don't think he's going to win. I think I, if he wins this game and Mahomes struggled in Seattle, I think he's got a real shot. Ooh. Jared Goff has eliminated himself from the running, so you oh, yeah. take the, one more player out I of think it's down, Rivers. I think it's Breeze, Rivers, and Mahomes. And I mean, and if if Phillip and, and the Chargers got the one seed after this closing stretch, I think he gets it. Uh, let's move on to a game. Uh, these are the Sunday games now, and a game that had no business meaning nothing in Week 16, but that's just the way things shook out this year. The 5-9 and nine Atlanta Falcons, who finally uh, snapped a five-game losing streak by beating up on the wretched Cardinals, travel to Charlotte to face the Panthers, <clears throat> and it will not be a game that features Cam Newton. Um, the Panthers announced they were shutting down their star quarterback, at least this this week and most likely next week as well, of course, with Taylor Heineke getting the start, Greg. So this is not a, a, a game uh, bathed in glory. I know. I feel like I want to, like, email or, you know, DM some, you know, a Panthers beat writer and just think what they think of Taylor Heineke. Maybe Tyler Heineke is going to do some things. I don't know. I mean, because I don't think this Panthers team has been that bad. And and you hear some reports this week. There's conflicting reports about Rivera's future. But I know that defense played their hearts out on Monday Night Football. They really did. It's a division game. And the Panthers winning with Tyler Taylor Heineke wouldn't shock me. At this point, the way Cam Newton was playing, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I mean, it's the, a better thing. And I know Ron Rivera is supposedly in danger of losing his job, but – 
that team on defense played its ass off, and they kept you kept on thinking that then the Panthers would come out and go three and out, and the Saints would have pretty good field possession position. You'd be like, okay, now the Saints are going to pull away. But no, the Panthers kept on making stops, kept on putting pressure um, uh, on Drew Brees, uh, and the offense just could not carry their side of this. Uh, so yeah, why not get a look at what the, what a team can do with at least a healthy quarterback? Heineke's like six foot one and a totally different physical specimen than Cam Newton. So let's see what that means. But uh, the one thing about the Falcons, like they've been utterly disappointing. And I know they played the Cardinals, maybe the worst team that we've seen in half a decade. Uh, so put put all that. No, the Browns were pretty bad last year. Well, I actually think last year's Browns team all right, all right. would wipe the floor with the Cardinals <laughs> team that we see half the time, honestly. The I mean, we find out that Hugh Jackson probably took five wins away from last year's Browns. Hugh Jackson versus Steve Wilkes. That's a battle. That's... Yeah. That is not something that we need. No, and we and won't not, get it. We're not going to get it. <laughs> but I think the Falcons finally ran the ball with some huge plays from Tevin Coleman last week. And so can they keep that going? Otherwise, I mean, we're two weeks away from putting both of these teams into the into a coffin. Good. And we'll see it, you know, at the owners meeting. See, I, f- I feel like this Panthers team has been. Oh, we're a- still talking about this game. Oh, we're going on? Uh. <laughs> no. But that was a good Tevin Col- Coleman nugget, Mark. And you have a nugget on. I, I just, I'm, I'm really interested to see what Taylor Heineke does. He hasn't started a game since 2014 when he was at Old Dominion. Let's do it. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm interested, but I could yeah. also think of like 25 things that are more of a fascination to me than watching Ty, you know, Heineke play football on Sunday. But you know what? I'm sure it will be quite um, intriguing. It'll be nice for everyone. Dan was thinking like that's where we can catch up. We've been pretty heavy exactly. on these first two games. <laughs> so close. Then, nah. There's some trash baggers coming up. Don't worry. <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals are 6-8, and eight, and uh, – uh, they beat the Raiders last week, but they're playing out the string again. And maybe this is the end of Marvin Lewis. And since he, well, here he is now traveling with his team to Cleveland to face the Browns. Mark Sessler, who uh, got Delta setback. Uh, they they took care of business against the Broncos on Saturday. Uh, but then the Steelers beat the Pats, which really kind of closed the door most likely on Magic and a potential Week 17 um, uh party uh, for the Browns, but still finishing the season strong in what's been a very positive season. That's a good thing too. The playoff thing felt like it was essentially last Saturday's fantasy and it went to bed on Sunday. That's fine. I mean, they basically can get in if a bunch of teams were to lose out and the Colts and Titans tied in week 17. I feel like when... And we, they opened the season, the Browns tie, with a tie. So, you know, you know, never know. When, when we talk about these playoff uh, I like that, Mark. calculations, uh, Greg... When people have to throw in a tie, I feel like yeah. we got to keep that out of the, it's, it's like a separate kind Although of I saw Mark's eyes just light up. I mean, it's and the just Col- that, the Colts almost tied uh, the Texans earlier. I mean, think, the Colts Titans feels like a game that might be more tie worthy than some others. So that's, I don't know. That's totally. What does fair. that even mean? I, I agree. Know. See it happen. If I was, <laughs> all right, you give the logic why that. If I'm sense. picking a game that could tie the rest of the year, at Tennessee. Yeah, that's on, up there. Why? Because it's like <laughs> it's like they're fairly <laughs> even. It's in Tennessee. It could be ugly. It's like, you know, the okay. defensive. Uh, the Colts were in a 6 nothing game on the road in the division. Why not? It's, it, it is. That's my favorite analysis. It's not only possible, it feels probable. <laughs> I could come up with probable. a reason for anything. It would be a great <laughs> cycling of karma if the Colts and Titans tied, putting the Browns in the playoffs when it was the Colts and Titans game that knocked the Browns out of the playoffs wow. in 2007. Which, right? what, what when they sat Peyton Manning like cowards. Yes. What, ha- what happens? Jim Sorgi. What happens if the... Uh, the Colts and Titans tie, and then the Browns lose in Week 17. That would well, yeah, that would suck. Drive my car off a cliff. <laughs> 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 
this also this is a win-win game because uh, the Bengals win this game and annoy you guys. It's like that's another year of Marvin Lewis. It's like Groundhog Day. Or- How is that a win-win? Well, then you get keep Marvin Lewis in the but division. But you you Long also term. you also have Marvin Lewis in your life. I'm oh, you're saying we want for him for Browns around. fan? Yeah, I'm fine with Marvin Lewis around. He's kind of fun. To I'm saying uh, as a Browns fan, I think you know. Like, what if they uh, replace him with Hugh Jackson? It's like Groundhog Day. It's like, ooh, the Bengals get a week 16, week 17 win. That means you'll see another seven you know, <laughs> years of Marvin Lewis. It's delicious. Here's how bad it's been for <laughs> Cleveland and, and honestly Cincinnati in many ways too. But the Browns have not swept the Bengals since 2002, and they have not swept any division opponent since that 2007 season. Keep knocking these little – That's what I mean each week because last week was the Broncos thing. It's like I don't – forget the playoffs. Like keep doing these little things and learn how to win week after week. And you're playing a Bengals team that is super Bengals up, backup quarterback, no A.J. Green. They've got a bunch of players on defense out. It's in Cleveland. You have Hugh Jackson in the house. You have no reason not to close your home slate with a big old romp over the Bengals. There have been few late-season games where it's basically meaningless, save for a miracle, where there will be more vitriol for an opposing team. Mm, Cleveland and, will be ready for Hugh Jackson. And uh, I did I did a, a QB index this week where I did an experiment like, which quarterbacks would you take from the last four draft classes? I got Baker Mayfield, number two, behind Mahomes, ahead of Carson Wentz. Ooh. So a couple of years later, you know, Sashi Brown, not saying Sashi Brown deserves all the credit, Sashi. but the process of the thought process that he went through, it's like right now, I think a lot of people would take Baker Mayfield – over Wentz anyways, and you and you got the Denzel Ward pick. I think sort I agree with that, but that. didn't you only get Baker Mayfield because you went 0-16? And right. There's a lot There's a lot that went into yep. it. You got a lot of luck. You got a lot of good draft picks from John Dorsey, but you got a lot of good draft I'm picks. I'm just saying, from I don't Dorsey. know how you – Going 0-16, going 0-16 not, was like the, honestly the best thing that ever happened right. to I, them. I'm saying like the process, the thought process that went behind it, that you'll, you'll get your quarterback later with a better team around him. Ultimately came true, and the Denzel Ward pick is yep. kind of connected through those Absolutely. Sashi. We also can't overlook the fact that Sashi Brown bungled a trade of course. with the Bengals for A.J. McCarron. That's part of it, or too. Or Hugh. Who knows? Well, the, one Sashi draft pick who has sort of been on the fence, Jabril Prepper. Like, Jabril Prepper's had his best game of his career yeah, last week. he did. I mean, he made a real difference, which he'd been waiting for that Njoku, for a long time. Ogunjobi, yeah. Garrett. That's a great draft class. Yep. All right, moving on. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 5-9. and nine. They've lost two straight. Ain't no magic in Tampa. And Dirk Cutter, uh, this is probably the end of the road for old Durkey, but we'll see. Nick Shook, they travel now to Dallas. No one's ever called him Durkey. <laughs> How do you know? Hey, it's my, it's my, my kid brother, Durkey. They call him Beef Durkey. No one, I, no one I've ever heard. No. <laughs> uh, they travel a big D to face the Cowboys, who, uh, of course, got humbled last week. A 23-0 shutout loss at the hands of the Colts. Uh, so this seems on paper, Nick, to be a perfect bounce-back opponent for the Cowboys if they want to lock down the NFC East. And a, and a death march for the Buccaneers, right? 28th in total defense, uh, 27th against the pass, 27th against the run. Cowboys coming off not putting a single point on the board. Yeah, I think this is a great matchup for Dallas to get back on track as they head toward the playoffs. And they also have to hold off a pesky Eagles team that they've beaten twice. But, you know, you have to worry about them and their wild card implications if they could sneak in. So they still need to win games. Well, no, the Bucks have been playing. I mean, I think people overrate like, oh, they're not playing for this coach or this or that. 
if you wanted to put anything into it, they had a lead against the the Saints pretty late in that game two weeks ago. The the Ravens game essentially came down to the last possession. Vita Vea is playing pretty well for them. Uh, the old Hard Knocks buddy Riley Bullock is now starting yeah. playing every snap. <laughs> Levante David's playing pretty well, and then you watch this Cowboys team. They're second in the league in plays per drive and 18th in points. And that's, to me, them in a nutshell. They, they, Jason Garrett was even saying this week, we're like, we don't, we don't have problems with the offense. We just need to finish drives. But we, we've been moving it great all year. And I'm thinking, like, you're way too happy about having 10-play drives that end up in field goals. That's I mean, last just- week they got in their own way. Like, that game should not have been a shutout on any level. No, they just they could not figure out how in, to close drive. Throughout the week, everyone was like, well, this was a great reality check to bring us back to earth, to make us realize <laughs> that we're not unbeatable. I'm like, win a, win a game by two scores yes. once. Right. Also, who Over, perceived you to be unbeatable? Right, exactly. But that's how the Cowboys always think when they ever... It, there's no one handles success worse. <laughs> like, beat a team by two scores. Over the last six weeks, when they've supposedly turned the corner with Cooper, they essentially have scored as many points as their opponent. I mean, it's like... It, they're they're better with Cooper, but Dak Prescott needs to have a good game. He has not put together a complete game in a while. I don't know if this is the opponent, though, that's going to actually allow them to figure something else out other than throwing it to Amari Cooper. And and if they don't figure that out soon, they're not going to be much mm. of a threat in the playoffs. No, they're going to lose to the Seahawks in the playoffs. I yeah. do think Zeke yeah. is running. He seems to be picking up steam as the season goes along. He's like a running back the more you – like. He looks better now, I think, than he did in September. The Bucks are not an automatic out, though. They like to Greg's point from they they keep hanging around in these games, and it's their offense, like, and their defense got a little bit better. So, well, uh, JPP has quietly had a nice season, his best season since the uh, fireworks incident. Uh, another hard knocks hero of the past, Carl. Is it Nassib or Nassib? Nassib. Nassib. He's actually turned into a decent player. He has six and a half sacks uh, for the Bucks, so a nice wa- a waiver pickup there. There's some talent on this roster, and I feel like with the new coaching staff, they could see a nice little jump next year. Agreed. We're always waiting for the Bucks to make that jump. <laughs> True. <laughs> but it often it's the coaching switch that triggers And it's time. probably going to be Jameis Winston being their quarterback again yeah. on a one-year And he's option. probably going to make more money than people think. Let us uh, move on and speak of the Minnesota Vikings. Let's make try to make sense of this Vikings team who uh, took care of business at home against the Dolphins who were coming off that uh, miracle win over the Patriots, and, and they get they come down to earth. See, that's a team being brought down to earth. It's like you're, you're thinking you're special. All of a sudden, you're in the playoff race, and it's like, no, 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 no. You're literally pretty bad. Well, they're going to be below the earth soon. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that improved the uh, Vikings to 7-6-1. and one. Now they travel to Detroit. Greg, another game on paper that it looks like uh, the Vikings will be able to stack a win here during these precious final weeks of the season, uh, especially with Matt Stafford taking an absolute beating this season, and the Vikings love to get after the quarterback. Yeah, the matchup's tough. This, this, the first time these two teams played was one of the most dominant defensive line performances of the season by any team, including the Vikings who have had quite a few. And you would think that's going to happen again. And you would think some of the ways that the Vikings cooked up more offense last week, uh, there was a good article in the athletic by Arif Hassan. They doubled the amount of play action uh, passes that they've had per game uh, going into that week. Cousins has been one of the best play action quarterbacks in the NFL basically for five years. Dalvin Cook's breaking tackles, looking explosive. It's all pointing to the Vikings, and yet this is a game I think if you're an Eagles fan or Seahawks or anyone else who has interest in the Vikings, you think it's a road game in a division, and crazy things happen sometimes road games in a division. It's kind of a, a logical trend that's happened with teams that can't protect up front very well. 
for whenever they employ the play action, they immediately become better at yeah. football. And sometimes it's without even running the ball well. Now, it helped them last week with Dalvin Cook, obviously. But, yeah, this Vikings team, I, I, I can't figure them out. I mean, they here's what I'd figure out of them. They, did, to your, they had nine sacks against – they broke Ryan Tannehill last week. They broke that offense midway through that game. And there's no reason to think they couldn't get up into those upper reaches again against this it's, Lions It's line. a huge – I'm really interested to watch them this week because I thought that was their best game of the season by a decent amount. And if they do it again, they've got the players to be one of those teams that just – that just changes gears and is a different Viking squad than we saw all season. It would it's be possible. It would be a good way to build momentum going into that week seven I will, game against Chicago. I will believe it when I see it. No, I hear because you. they have their, they still have a good team over no, five hundred. Me, me too. Cousins has come up as small as you can come up in a lot of these primetime uh, affairs, and maybe this team just doesn't have it. But they're still in the mix, and they control their destiny, and they should be in good position going into Week Seventeen. I mean, if they look like they did last week against an up and down Lions team, mostly down, like then you have to wonder if the Kevin Stefanski switch at offensive coordinator has a lot to do with it, because. Maybe sometimes these guys, their ideas and their thought process are being kept down by someone else above them. And we've seen it in Cleveland. And it's if you get another game like this, you have to wonder where the, what the Vikings' offense had been all year long, held down. Oh, damn. But the small sample size. Wow. They could go right back to what they were. That's That was cold. Sessler turning his No, I, I'm with Dan. I, like Filippo, the, like the, the, it's so cold like what you've Filippo. done to Di Filippo. I like Di Filippo like, You lot. loved John Di Filippo so, so much. I'm saying that we have to wait and it see. It was a bad fit, though. Sometimes you quarterbacks and said teams that are bad fits. Keeping down Kev. He was saying, Stefanski, you stay in that closet. This is my show. I, I said That's the ugly. sample size is, is minuscule. We will find out. <laughs> <laughs> but this stuff, this happens. Come on. The G-Men, five and nine. Uh, losers last week, uh, eliminated from the playoffs. Travel to Indianapolis to face the Colts. Interesting how the schedule, Mark, is shaping up as we go through these games. A lot of these teams that are fighting for their lives and need a win are getting a little cupcake on their schedule. Well, yeah, it's like a mirror. It's a mirror game of the Titans-Redskins. It's an AFC South contender playing a, a massive trash bag from the NFC East. And so you get the Giants massive who... Massive trash bag. Well, the, I, you know what? We can say that the Titans' performance against New York, oh, it doesn't count because it was in a downpour. But Wait, the Titans, no, no one said no, that. No, 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 but the ta- <laughs> no, Titans no. ran all over the Giants, and the Giants have the best running back in the NFL who amounted for... Th- he had 31 yards against Tennessee. They couldn't get it going. Eli Manning played one of the worst games he's played all year. That once They have 10 penalties. They're sloppy. Wait, let's talk about the Colts. Forget about the Giants. I'm just saying they're going to take care of business. The Colts, to me right now, their offensive line's been awesome. They, they, Marlon Mack is their clear number one back right now. They ran the ball really well last week against Dallas, especially in the red zone. And I like this this storyline of Darius Leonard, who we can talk about. Oh, you know, the, all these. There's no such thing as a Pro Bowl snub. He was a snub, and he's so annoyed that he told teammates he's going to have 40 tackles in this game. And I would I love, love that. nothing more <laughs> on the planet Earth than to see him have 40 tackles against the I think listless I read, Giants. I read that one of his coaches, it might have even been Frank Reich, was like, bro, it's actually not possible yeah. to even do that, really. So I mean, I know it's not, but what if he gets get 23? But I just love that the coach felt the need to just say, all right, maybe bring it down a little bit. Uh, but even if he has, you know. 80, you know, 28 tackles. That would be tremendous, Greg. Just 20, f- 25 would be nice. 25 would be great. 
That's the thing I'm most excited for on Sunday, just to see what happens here. Imagine 40 tackles. I, it, you're, you're right that Marlon Mack's been running well, and it shows how you can build a running game in different ways, that the Colts have a pretty strong running game because of the offensive line and, and Marlon Mack improving in his second season, whereas the Giants are, are up and down. Saquon Barkley's great, but so many of his yards are, are through the year. I just love how this Colts team looks like a different team than at the beginning of the year. They're a vet. They look like a veteran team. They use tempo better than any team in the league. I would include the Patriots even in that. They're the fastest paced team in the league. And usually you'd expect that to be a team that's been in a system a long time uh, or a bunch of players who have been in the same co- you know system a long time. But they've had players coming in and out all year. It's a, it's a bunch of new players with a new coaching staff. They've done an incredible job. T.Y. Hilton's playing so tough. And uh, the team of West DL has come through for him. Well, here's the thing. The Colts are the one team in that wild card pack above any other team, I think, that a, a division winner would not want to see on wild card weekend. But, Greg, as you pointed out yesterday on Twitter, they don't control their own destiny. Despite having a nice setup against the Giants this weekend, being 8-6, and six, they could still get pop potential. They, they could if the Steelers and Ravens win out, which when I sent that tweet out, everyone told me is impossible. And I don't know why. I just have like a gut feeling. that. Why is it impossible? I mean, because the Steelers play in New Orleans and Baltimore plays in L.A. It's not impossible. It's but far from it, impossible. It's, they thought it's unlikely that both happens, which is true. They, they would have to win tough road games. But I think I just think this is a time of year some of these teams, like the Colts and the Ravens, are playing their absolute best. So some of these teams may, might win out. I'm a big fan of this Colts team, like you said. Uh, their offense is extremely diverse. They can attack you in a number of ways. And they even have a nice little change of pace back in Naeem Hines. And right now, you're right. You know, they're, them, and If we pick between them and the Ravens, I'm taking and the Colts. That was a dead landslide. dome at the beginning of the year. The Colts fans were understandably kind of over this team. Oh, yeah. And now it's kind of rocking again. <laughs> it's in a good football town again. I mean, if I could look in the mirror on this game, I would absolutely lock up the Colts because oh, please. they're going to take care no. of business here. Even though the Giants, as bad as they've been in a lot of games this year, they are a team, I think, that can put together a, a, a competitive effort pretty much any week. I do not think the, the Colts are going to let their season get ruined in their building by the Giants. No, you cannot also cannot But what I do want to lock up, and I forgot to do it before, but I am locking up the Vikings uh, on the road against the Lions. Let us move on. The Jacksonville Jaguars are 4-10, going nowhere. Doug Marone, another head coach, potentially in great danger. Uh, and they travel to Miami to face the Dolphins, who uh, were beaten up pretty good by the Vikings, Nick. Um, and before uh, I throw it to you, I want to share a pretty wild stat. I, I always love these types of stats, so I want to bring it up. Actually, no, let me throw it to you while I look for that. Uh, start talking about this game well, between these two as teams. we're on the wild stat wait <laughs> line um, we could play some soft piano jazz <laughs> this is this is not a team I'm, or a game I'm looking forward to watching um, I, I hate to say it I'm sorry the, hmm, Dolph- the, the Dolphins uh, are very much a team that every time you see their potential, you also they get held back by having to play Brock Osweiler at quarterback or not figuring out who their running back is. You know, last week it was suddenly Kalen Balage, whereas Kenyon Drake was their guy before and Frank Gore got hurt. So it's just not a team I'm looking forward to watching play against a defense that has played well in spots, but for the most part has been, you know, an extreme disappointment compared to last year. And an, and an offense that's quarterbacked by Cody Kessler. I mean, this is there's not much to, to like about this game. No, I don't think, and I mentioned it before with Josh Johnson, but it, it, it sort of got lost in the shuffle how completely off the rails and ugly this Jaguar season lost that they couldn't win at home against Josh Johnson. Brutal. I mean, this yes. is the best. 
three weeks of Manish Mehta's life watching what's happened to Doug Marone here. Marone gets rid of Nathaniel Hackett and Blake Bortles on the same day. So he doesn't know who's really causing the offensive problems. And people think like, and I, and I mentioned this, and and it's gotten so much worse. They have the it's the worst three game offensive stretch in Jaguars history, according according to yards. There's a lot to since pick from they there. made that change. Not like it really matters in the long run, <laughs> but it kind of does because it's making Doug Marone look bad, and he's probably going to lose his job partly because of that. All these other teams are switching coordinators or quarterbacks, and they get a little jump. And the Jaguars went from like a D to an F minus. Well, and they, Cody Kessler, 20 net yards passing. I mean, how often does that happen in an NFL game? And and just in case you are not aware of who Manish Mehta is, he's the <laughs> New York Daily News columnist <laughs> who almost single-handedly uh, destroyed and submarined Marone's chances of getting a job with the Jets after he left the Bills and then has, a couple of years has back. Like, can, you know, maintained an aggressive <laughs> rivalry aggressive. with him on social media. Suspiciously a, aggressive. A one-sided rivalry, <laughs> but uh, basically dancing on uh, his grave. And unfortunately, because this Jaguars team was kind of fun to watch last year, I think they're just going to blow it all up. But don't you think, and I wrote about this in uh, my mailbag that will come out tomorrow, don't you think the Dolphins – someone asked this question. It's a good question, actually. What would you rather have – would you rather have a total washout, awful draft pick like a Manziel um, or a Ryan Leaf or have a guy like a Blake Bortles uh, where he's not as supremely terrible and disastrous as those type of uh, draft busts but – Kind of keeps your holds your hostage uh, your franchise hostage for a few extra years. What's want, a worst scenario? I would want to be out of either one of those scenarios as quickly as possible. Right, so the bigger so I take the bigger bust. I, I thought you were going to say Ryan so Tannehill because there's an argument that Tannehill could Tannehill, be. Back Tannehill, you could look at him. He's too. not at that level, yeah. but you know he he they have been on the fence with him now for years. Are would, we sure Adam Gase comes back to the Dolphins next Well, year. let me just finish this point. So what I was thinking was, isn't, aren't the Jaguars the type of team? Because I wrote, you you definitely don't want to have the total bust guy because everyone gets fired. It's an embarrassing setback for the franchise. And you basically punt two, three years from your existence because you have to start over. With the Jaguars, they're, they've had a deal with Blake Bortles, but he hasn't been so uncompetitive that they haven't been able to de- uh, build a contender for the last couple of years. If they go out and g- bring in a better quarterback, I could see this team being in the in the mix yeah. again next year. They're going to have a nice high pick, too. They're not a reboot situation just because Bortles didn't work out. No, all. they have a I lot agree. of pieces, and I think that Marone probably is not – he was never driving the train on let's give an extension to Blake Bortles. It was foisted upon him, and now the whole thing's gone south, and it's like you're the guy we're going to – fire and say everything's you know better because Tom Coughlin's going to step in and coach this team. That was going to be my option C to that question was I'd rather not have a GM like Dave Caldwell who doesn't have the stones to make a move at quarterback when he knows that's what's going to put him over yeah. the top. Here's the thing, the Dolphins you know, they just got to beat the Jaguars and they'll be in the mix most likely in week 17. Long, long way. Well, much better at home too. Well on that Gase thing too. I think that's I think Gase is going to be around but I think way. that keeps his it job. It seems like that's the buzz yeah. is that Gase is more likely to be back than perhaps Mike Tannenbaum. But these things, you know, tend to be wrong. Gase, these little reports two weeks yeah. ahead of time. Gase, who we liked when we, we met him in Orlando yeah. uh, earlier this year, but he has fit right into that Miami culture. So this is what I was looking for earlier. The Dolphins are 7-7 seven and seven this season, 19-19 and 19 in their last 38 <laughs> games, 23-23 and 23 in their last 46 games, 42-42 and 42 in their last 84 games, and 66-66 and 66 in their last 100 and 32 
games. But you know what sells? That's outrageous. In Miami, being average and beating the Patriots at home once a year. That's That'll enough to keep your job. I, well, they're the only team in the NFL ranked higher, bottom five true. on offense and defense, and they're still they still have the record. They do, please. Uh, the Buffalo Bills are five and nine. They travel to New England to face the Patriots. The big news, of course, uh, on Thursday in the NFL is that Josh Gordon uh, put up w- uh, one of his Instagram posts saying that he needed to step away from the game uh, to deal with some mental issues that he was going through uh, right now, and then very quickly after that. It leaked and then became official that Gordon had passed an, uh, failed another drug test. Uh, so I don't know if the chicken or the egg situation. But either way, Josh Gordon is out of the mix for the Patriots. He's probably uh, headed toward a lengthy suspension. And his Patriots career is over. And you got to wonder at this point, Greg, uh, if his football career is finally over. Because he was the Patriots' leading receiver this year. But I think the reason why teams like the Browns and the Patriots had so much faith in him was because of that talent, and he hasn't been a game-breaker on the field this year. Well, we've ended his career on this show so many times that I, I would definitely not do it coming off of a very positive experience on the field in New England where he's not as explosive, but I think he adapted to that offense very quickly, much more quickly than a lot of talented receivers and was playing some of his best football before last week where he suddenly was just vanished and now, and now he's no longer on the team. So it's, it's a big loss for the Patriots who have been very lucky with injuries this year. They're maybe the healthiest team in the NFL. No one's on their injury report and they barely have anyone on IR, but they were relying on Gordon because Edelman's not the same. Gronk's not the same. They don't have outside receivers. They haven't been playing Patterson or Dorsett really at wide out too much. And he was a big part of the team. And so now having gotten used to him, I, I think it is a big loss. Even though when he first signed, I, we had this conversation in this room. What are the odds he finishes the year with the team? I was saying it's probably not even 50-50, whether it's injury or suspension or whatever. And unfortunately, that that's what happened. I mean, it has been a lot less than 50-50 throughout his career. And it came at the worst time. But, the, you know, when these things happen and it happens with Josh Gordon, it's happened so often that you really you have to say you you wish him well and that he goes and deals with, with this situation. But this was a risk for the Patriots, and now they're they're stung by it. And, it you know, they gave up a draft pick for him, and you got – a, a certain amount of production during the middle belly of the season, and now you go into the playoffs with a t- you're a Patriots team with no outstanding weapon on offense and a quarterback who is dealing with a knee injury from what we from what right there reported. may not be anybody in the injury report, but we all know that Brady Edelman and Gronk right. are all beat up this year. And that's the core of this offense, along with Josh Gordon, who's now no longer there. It's a tough situation for them. You know, I went back and watched their last two games last night, and even though he's been such a big part of the offense, I felt like at times that I forgot Josh Gordon was on the Patriots. And and I don't know if that's a product of their offense overall and how they've just kind of struggled at times or what, but I felt like they weren't giving him the ball, throwing him the ball enough. No, they, they spread it around. I think his best weeks were, you know, the, the two to three games after the bye yeah. uh, before last week's game. I, I'm actually, from a football perspective, it, it doesn't hit me as a Patriots fan as like, a killer, killer loss just because you're right. They have other issues and they've been able to scheme up often. I think they're more of a running team in general. You do, you do think about a guy who, know, who he's going through the season knowing he's one strike away from changing the rest of his life. And this is something that's happened multiple times. And yet he still couldn't Can't prevent that impending right. suspension. It's, it's and, sad. And then on this, the, on the game itself, uh, the bills, as we know, 
you know, two months ago, frisky people were throwing it out there. This, this was a historically terrible team. Uh, and certainly on offense, things were a mess with Nathan Peterman prominently involved. Vontae Davis earlier in the season walked away at halftime. It was, it was a kind of a punchline situation in Orchard Park. But this is a really good competitive uh, Bills team with a very good defense, a frisky mistake prone, but can make plays quarterback and rookie Josh Allen and a Patriots team that's on its heels a little bit, Greg, here. I'm going to ask you where your P scale level is. One is you're completely okay. dry. And 10, oh, my goodness, my diapers are soaked. Well, all season long, <laughs> I have not jumped off of one because uh, I just this team is kind of what I think we've thought it was the whole time. I'm at, I'm at two and a half for this week mm. because this week there's no – there's almost no way to win this game in the Bills. What number did you say? I'm at two and a half. You're funny. Uh, because <laughs> like this game, it's almost all downside. If they end up winning comfortably, I, I, yeah, there's certain things you can take out of it, but that's kind of what's expected. And I think the Bills, to me, are a little dangerous. They've struggled against athletic quarterbacks. They, uh, how can you like? How do you plan for Josh Allen? And then this right. is a defense which, on paper, should give the Patriots about as many problems as any defense they they faced in. They a while. gave them problems on Monday Night Football until the final right final minutes the, of that game. The counter is they've been a much better team at home. I don't know if that magically makes. There is an X factor because I do, th- and I what do you laugh if you want? <laughs> I, no, I have. A- Go ahead. No, but, I want to hear what you have to say. No, but tell us what you want to say. Mine was Let's more go. of a button up on the conversation. You have something you want. <laughs> no, I think the, an X factor is Brian Dayball because he he oh, has Dayball. come from the Patriots inner workings. He is the offensive coordinator. Big Pony, who is when he was with Eric Mangini, that they put it on on Tom Brady and the Patriots years ago. They did, and he has been running some of the more creative play calls that you've seen over the last. Couple did it months. early they against some the very Patriots, bizarre stuff. Which was yes. successful. Uh, we'll see. I was gonna say. Greg, that the Dolphins you know, should take care of business at home against the Jags. Yeah. The Bills somehow go to Gillette and wipe out the Pats. Well, and, then the, out. and then here come the Jets up to Foxborough with the Dolphins with another cupcake themselves. That's why I think this game. Steal the division, Dolphins and Jets. Send the Pats home. No playoffs. <laughs> See, no this, playoffs. We don't want any of this excitement to build. So no yeah, more playoffs. That's. That would be that would be amazing, but I've been saying like om- almost nothing matters for this team until the playoffs, just because that's just who they are at this point. It's like you got to get there now, and you got to get there. And if if Philadelphia gives you a gift with beat- by beating the Texans, you got to take advantage and get that bye week. So and it's, so if they games. don't get there, nothing mattered at all the entire time for the New England this season. The whole season just just no. didn't, it didn't happen. I mean, I as a fan, as a fan for me, no, not really. What was that? Mr. Cool takes the snap. Mr. Cool. You still got him, though. As long as Mr. Cool is behind center, the patch should be okay. But I'm just saying there is a scenario, however far-fetched. I mean, I recognize this glee. It's the same sort of <laughs> happiness I had while watching Josh Beckett strike out the Yankees in the World Series when he was a member of the Florida Marlins. You just Ooh. you just don't realize how much you want mm. that lead team to get toppled. It means something. It does. It sure does. I don't know, but if they lost this year, it's, it wouldn't be as much. No. no just it would been, be amazing. They haven't been that team. Well, it's time. Yeah, they're not that team. Uh, let's move on. 
Yes, the New York Jets, uh, they are 4-10. and 10. They almost beat the Texans last week, but they did not because their defense cannot close out a game. Their defense led by their defensive-minded, quote-unquote, head coach Todd Bowles, who's coaching out the string. And their opponent is the Packers, another team, uh, surprisingly, Mark, playing out the string. Uh, there was some question, would Aaron Rodgers, who's banged up again, he's dealing with a groin issue, uh, he finally gets over the knee issues. Now he's got a groin issue. And with the Packers having nothing to play for, maybe they just sit him. Aaron wants to play, so Aaron plays. Any thoughts about this game? Uh, I, you know, last week I called for S. Darn to come out and, you know, deliver. And he did exactly that. We watched that game sure together, did. Dan, with a few nice drinks. And I, you know, he made one thing about him that I think is gives you a lot of hope if you're a Jets fan there are a couple throws early in that game where he's sort of making the wide receiver seem to work, having to come back to the ball or dive down to catch it. But then when he gets hot, his ability to throw on the run on that touchdown drive right before the half, Estarn made two beautiful mm. throws on the run and then an incredible over-the-shoulder touchdown mm. pass to Andre Roberts. So you Estarn. start to see it. You start to see it if you're a Jets fan that maybe this can happen. So why not take out as act two of the final, you know, let's close the season well before they knock off the Patriots next week, mm-hmm. act two of three act closing the season out well would be knocking off a listless Packers team with an irritated quarterback and running back in Aaron Jones, who's not on the field. You're probably not going to have Randall Cobb. Joe Philbin is coaching the Packers. <laughs> Why is this not easy pickings for the Jets? It's the final chance for Todd Bowles to do something before he's sent packing and Mike McCarthy Nothing. becomes the Jets coach. Nothing is easy pickings for the Jets, but I like it. It's actually would be act three because Darnold, S. Darn already had a great second half comeback in Buffalo. Then the great game against Houston. And now, yes. It is cool S-Darn. to keep, keep it going. Keep it going keep into going. the offseason. It's cool to see Estarn uh, picking up steam. I think it's the the most uh, viral nickname since the trade tsunami coming out of this podcast studio. It's That's happening. Estarn. It is. It's. I think it's. it rolls off the tongue, and it is, it's versatile. <laughs> you can use I'm it in a, a lot of different ways. So. I, I want you to know that it polluted my mentions for a, a solid two hours. Uh, as it should. On Saturday. As it should. As, the, it's your fault. Houston Texans are 10-4. and four. Uh, Yes, they narrowly defeated the New York Jets at the Meadowlands, but a win's a win. Now they go to Philly to face the Eagles. I, um, I love this game, uh, Nick, uh, because Houston is a solid team, but not a team that, that you would imagine is going to go into Philly and dominate. Meanwhile, the Eagles are a flawed team, but this is kind of like a little bit of a mojo heat check right here after that great Sunday night win. Can they uh, string together another win and get the people of Philly pumped up? These are two teams that the Eagles are very Jekyll and Hyde. One week they play above what you expect. The next week they put a clunker out there. That's how they get to 7-7 and at this point. But then you have a Texans team that they have Deshaun Watson and they have Lamar Miller, but they can't protect Deshaun Watson. And they, you know, the only way they can really run the ball well is is in a zone scheme. Sometimes it works gaps, you know, runs work as well. But without Lamar Miller, it's they're completely lost offensively. They can't run the football. When they can't run the football, they can't move the football because defenses tee off on Deshaun Watson. Their offensive line is already not good at protecting him. So then the onus shifts to the defense. And I wonder, once it comes to playoff time, is this is this going to be a team that I, it, the way I look at them right now is they are an early exit unless they can establish the run and sit on a lead. Hmm. Now, when it comes to this game, I don't know what to expect out of the Eagles because the whole Nick Foles thing, and, and I don't know if the Rams are actually a good barometer of who hmm. the Eagles are right now. Some nice throws. Yeah. It doesn't matter who they caught the Rams at the right time, but still. But having said all of that, 
I'm locking it up for the Eagles. Whoa, Shooky! He's getting bold. Like Shooky steps into the into the uh, West chair and locks it up hey. for the defending champ. Well, I I am of the I mind like if Shook ends up only locking up one game all year and he gets it right, <laughs> and it's such a bold uh, pick. He's the, he's the champion. The only reason that we are getting this nonsensical sales campaign by Greg is that he is dead last in this competition. No, I, and then I, he wants to create total again. uproar and chaos by hand. And I and Shook, I would give you full props if you get this lock right. But a not an at bats type scenario. But I mean, just the, Shook goes one and zero, and Greg hands the title well, to him and wants it to catch steam on the Reddit board and online. And here we go. There's two. There's two reasons. Three maybe. Oh. Well, one, you know. This reaction you just gave me. That's the number one reason. <laughs> number two is you put sandwiches on you winning it. So actually, I have sandwich uh, on winning. So I should be rooting for the field, not you, Mark. And so Shook is, is part of that field. And so that's exciting. You have just then, as much of a chance. And then three, no, one, no one's taking me seriously other than you. I guess that's kind of number one. <laughs> I have a theory for reason four. <laughs> okay. Greg wants to split this friendship up. No, right down the middle. Between you and I, yeah, right down the middle. Oh, it's always something Machiavellian and decisive going. You know, divisive. We're not tied by our misery anymore. Right. Oh, okay. He doesn't want this. I didn't know you guys were friends. By the way, this just got. I didn't know we were friends. (laughs) This this just got even more juicy because let's hear from the great mailman. Hello, bozos and Ricky Hollywood. It's time for the Eagles to take the dirt nap they've been trying to take all year. It's not their fault. Injuries, the brain drain on the coaching staff. I get it. But it's time for everybody to stop acting like this team has a shot at the playoffs, that Nick Foles is one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen. It's time for the Texans to go into Philadelphia and lock it up. A good team beating a bad team. That's what we need. So January works out best. We need good football. We don't need bad football. Bye, Eagles. Dirt nap time. Lock it up for the Texans. Wes, uh, who for the first time this season is not alone in first place in the locks because Sessler is surging with eight straight wins. Mm. Uh, was, I, I wanted to give you the credit. I, you you deserve. You like thank it to you. be known that you deserve credit for this lock streak. I'm giving it. Well, that's an, that's a, a, not the way I would put that, but uh, you know you can do as you wish. But you are for the first time you caught him. Yeah, I'm two games back now because uh, we all picked up a game on Wes, and now he's going with. This is an interesting theory from Wes, who's going with his heart a little bit. He doesn't like the Eagles. Didn't really love that Nick Foles run last year, and he wants it no, to go Nick away Foles right now. No, Nick Foles stuck it to him last year. I think I w- I'm on Wes's side. I would pick the Texans. This is kind of a, a coin flip game, mm. but there is a, a recipe out there to beat the Texans right now, and it's pretty obvious. It's that they can't handle more than four rushers. I mean, the Jets blitz them well the week before. Who did they? Who did they play the week before? Who blitzed the heck out of Deshaun Watson? And the numbers are dramatic. The Montreal Alouettes. It was the Colts. The Colts. The the numbers are dramatic when he's facing more than four rushers. And it's one of those things in the NFL. Until you show you can solve it, their teams are going to keep doing it. So some of that's on Watson, who holds the ball forever. Um, and you got to figure out the protection. A lot of it's on the offensive line and coaching, which has been really poor throughout Bill O'Brien's run. It's kind of been his bugaboo that he hasn't been able to figure out the line and the coaching there. And you're going up against a coordinator in Jim Schwartz who just cooked up a beautiful game plan that was very creative against Philadelphia. And even when he doesn't blitz, right now Michael Bennett and Fletcher Cox are second and third in the league in quarterback hits. 
period. Not just hey. at their positions. So th- they're, they're still a defense and get after you. So that's the recipe. Ugly it up and Foles hits a bomb or two and yep. good night. You know what I liked was we still got a little bit of that holiday party uh, residual grainy voice from Wes there. Wes, not all the way back. I feel like we should all pick this game. Mark and Dan. He's definitely no, I'm not gonna stay, a hangover of that nature can stick around for two days. Wow. Sometimes, <laughs> you know. Uh, yes, I, I would not be surprised at all if the Eagles win, but I think the Texans, again, squeeze one team. out. I'm going Eagles. They've been winning close games all year. Solidarity. All right. Let's move on. The, uh, the Los Angeles Rams, uh, who have, out of nowhere, lost two straight, including... That really, um, that really public stumble on Sunday Night Football against the Eagles. So they're now 11-3, and and their hopes of a one-seed are just about a shot. All they can do is control their own games, and they have two cupcakes to wrap up their schedule, starting with the uh, Cardinals. They finish with the Niners. Uh, thoughts on this game, Greg? Oh, boy. You know, everyone's thinking they go to Arizona and it's easy. They're two touchdown favorites. Like, okay, that's mm-hmm. done. Arizona at home, their defense has played fairly well. You going to lock it up? No. Oh. I mean, the offense. <laughs> Ooh, that would have been fun. The, yeah, that would have been amazing. <laughs> the, the offense is what you're worried about with the Rams. The defense has actually improved statistically over the last three or four weeks from, like, mid-level to a little better than average. Not a big difference. Whereas the offense has fallen off a cliff. And so when I look at this matchup and you look at the right side of the offensive line for the Rams struggling and you, you see Jared Goff kind of in his own head, I don't necessarily see this as a cakewalk for them to figure it out offensively and put up 35 points or anything. I think they're going to win the game, of course, but I don't know. I, they, they, I think they have something to prove these next two weeks. This is the first bit of adversity they face with Sean. Well, that's McVay. why I For kind of real. expect them to come at, into this game pissed off. That's what everyone thought last week too, though. I'm well, a I, I did. I, I'm a burn. They were they were almost. That this feels of- different where they are this week than where they were last week. It, there seems right. to be, especially with where Goff's at right now. And if you still believe in Goff, and I do, I think it's just a slump. I, I think they're going to come in as a focused, angry team and but, lay the wood. But I. You would have thought they would have been as fo- – to me, it's not about motivation and focus. It's just about are you good enough? Uh, can you adjust to what defenses are doing? And they're not good enough to whip up. They weren't the last – I thought the Eagles took care week. of them. The Eagles offense took care of the Rams defense too in the red zone with powerful runs. They, Wendell Smallwood scored. Adam, they, they, they took care of business. They were the tougher team. They got penetration up the middle, and that play where Jared Goff got stepped on, trips – jumps up to his feet and throws one of the worst interceptions we've seen all year. Like this Rams team is not typically on their heels and looking sort of lost. And they have for two straight weeks. This little statistical nug from next gen stats. Jared Goff has been pressured at least 12 times in each of the Rams games since their bye week in week 12. They're one and two in that stretch. He has a, Horrible passer rating under pressure of just 3.9. That's a huge mm. reason why. That's I like the Sean McVay versus the Steve Wilkes matchup here. Yeah. I mean, I'm not that worried. I'm just I'm a little worried. And don't <laughs> and don't forget the Rams. Also, they're getting pushed now by the Bears, who are ten and four. Uh, they're still in the mix for a, a bye, and you know they're going to take care of business. You, you know they have the San Francisco 49ers on the road now. Of course, the Seahawks thought they were going to take care of business. Mark Sessler uh, when they went to San Francisco it didn't work out that way last week. Uh, but the Bears with that defense. They should be able to handle their business here. They're so consistent, and there's such a disparity between these two defenses. Uh, Statistically, it's almost shocking that the Bears lead the NFL with 35 takeaways with eight games where they've had three or more. 
And the Niners, and I don't know if we've ever, I don't know when the last time this has happened, have five all season and only one at home. And I think the difference between what happened last week to Seattle, which I don't see happening against the Bears, is there was a lot of yards after the catch. Uh, with it was Selleck had a long score. They got multiple guys open, and that's been fifty percent of Nick Mullins's yardage have come through yards after the catch. And so I trust the Bears to clamp down on that. They only allow two red zone opportunities per game on the road. That's by far the best in the NFL right now. And they're the same team every week. And I know Mitch Trubisky saw this thing that he hasn't had. He's had one pass of 20-plus air yards since he's come back from his shoulder. So they're not Mm. going deep with that. But I I don't know if that's sort of just like with each week he'll get a little healthier and we might see more of that. But they're going to be fine. Well, the 49ers' D's improved. You know, they've won two games in a row here at home. They're four and three at home on the year. They haven't, they've been a terrible road team. But they just beat the Broncos and the Seahawks back-to-back. DeForest Buckner's coming off a good game. And, it, and the Mullins, some of the Nick Mullins stats are a little wild. Uh, I'm going to give you one. Sure. Here are the five quarterbacks in NFL history with a higher yards per attempt average as rookies. Otto Graham, Greg Cook, Bob Waterfield, Ben Roethlisberger, and Y.A. Tittle. That's the list, and he's undrafted. He's already started more games, by the way, than any undrafted rookie, any undrafted rookie ever, and any undrafted uh, quarterback this decade, other than Hoyer and Keenum. Has like, he started more games in his career than Jimmy Garoppolo at this point? <laughs> no, but it's like not he's that. Close. It's, it's not that crazy. And yeah. Garoppolo, I mean, you could then say Kyle Shanahan. I don't maybe. think he's at that level. Right, right, right. But Kyle Shanahan. Oh wow, this guy knows how to coach up a quarterback. Well, Garoppolo was struggling before he went down. He was a middle-of-the-road type quarterback. This guy Mullins, he can I'm just giving it. I just want to give him some credit. He's decisive. He makes some really good throws under pressure. And, yeah, he's going to have to do that again against the Bears. He was a record setter at Southern Miss, which also produced Brett Favre. So, you know, Did it? Yes. I have not heard that. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I, But this week, I, it's the Bears. It's the Bears being a defense that can finally figure out how to stop George Kittle before halftime. Mm. I do want to. I do want to see Trubisky in the offense put put in another good performance and, and go upwards. I do think he will, and uh, that's why I'm locking up the team of ACL once again. All right, and keep in mind, Greg, that uh, and I know you know this because you're the calculator man when it comes to playoff scenarios. The Bears they only have to catch the Rams. They don't have to surpass yep. them because of that 15-6 win uh, two weeks ago. The first tiebreaker is head-to-head, and the Bears have it. So if they can just catch up one more game, they are the two-seed and get the bye. And, and if you're a fan of integrity in Week 17 games, you really want that scenario to stay alive, Dan, where the Bears have a chance mm. to pass the Give Rams. Give it to me. Because Bears-Vikings is Week 17, and you want the Bears to be trying in that game. And you have to wonder with Matt Nagy's history under Andy Reid, who loves sitting players, and the fact that the Bears would be staring at no bye week, whether they would rest their starters if they're mathematically out of the bye going into that game. But I don't think that'll happen because I think the Bears will win. I think the Rams will win and it'll all stay alive. Let's move on. The Steelers, uh, eight five and one, coming off the biggest win of their season. That home uh, triumph against the Patriots got that stand uh, deep in their own end uh, at the end of the game and kept their playoff hopes and their NFC AFC North title hopes alive and well. They now travel to the Saints. Can you even imagine what would happen, Mark? I knew you were imagining it. Shook, you were imagining it. If the Steelers did not close out that Pats game and then they had to go to New Orleans, they would have been in great, great danger. Uh, so there's a little bit of a um, a reprieve for them now, but still, the Saints, Nick Shook, are 
uh, a dominant team, maybe not an offense right now, but the defense has been carrying the ball lately. I, I This is a game where I want to see what the Saints can do through the air because they haven't done much in the last couple weeks, but the Steelers don't have a great pass defense. Now, Joe Hayden had a clutch interception last week, but overall, when you're playing a guy like Artie Burns back there, you, you're, you're, not, you're just not going to be that solid, and you know, you gotta, you, your backup is Cody Sensabaugh. I mean, it's, it's, they have issues back there, and I think this is a Saints team that we know lacks some reliable targets outside of Michael Thomas. And has yeah, where are they at? Attempted to uh, address that, and I think this is the this is the week where they start to really figure it out going into the postseason with a team that could be a good test. I never thought there'd be a time where a Super Bowl contender was entering the playoffs, and my big thought that they needed was, God, they need Ted Ginn back. Yep. Like that's the missing piece that can put them over to the top to win a Super Bowl. Mm. But it kind of feels that way, and they're hoping Ted Ginn maybe does come off IR because they need that deep speed. Everyone thought it was cute when they had four undrafted, you know, rookie free agents like catch adorable. a touchdown pass in the same game. Uh, none of those guys have done anything in the three weeks since. Yeah. I mean, then the good thing is their defense has become one of the best in the entire league. Not bad timing. No, I think this is a. I think this is a, the, my favorite game of the week. I mean, these are two teams I think have a chance to make the Super Bowl. I put the Steelers in that class, and uh, I just want to see like I, I want to see like what the Steelers can do coming off that win. Maybe they can kind of figure things out and get it together. And I'm all in on the Saints. I don't want to see them slip here and then potentially lose somehow, lose home field. TJ I wants want them to be home. Throughout TJ the wants the key when he rushes, they have a pack. Because Bud Dupree's a huge disappointment. But when you add Watt to the defensive line that they have, then they're so dangerous. And we don't know about the Saints' offensive line and their health right now. And that's been a big reason why they've struggled. The Steelers are going to, again, be without James Conner. This high ankle sprain is doing what high ankle sprains tend to do when they're uh, more uh, than when they're serious, which is cost a guy a month or more. Uh, Jalen Samuels, who, who ran all over the uh, the Patriots, but that was the Patriots. I'd be very surprised if he had another outing like that. Yes, especially against the way this this run defense is going. Sheldon Rankins and Mario Davis. And how about a little love for Von Bell playing his ass off this year? Not Le'Veon Bell. Not Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> Von Bell. He's sitting on his ass. <laughs> Le'Veon. Von Bell. Update. Kicking some ass. Part of an Ohio State defense. Uh, let's pick this game. Does anybody think the Steelers can win? I do. I think the you Steelers are going to win this game. I do. I think the same. I mean, I think it's it's it couldn't be any closer. But I'm going to give the Saints a 27 to 24. I have win. like this image. This could be a Super Bowl preview. Even see this is going again. Interesting. Saints by ten. No. I'm like the last person in America 10. that believes in the Steelers. Steelers. You also fans. picked. I believe them. you picked Steelers. them to not make the playoffs too. I'm sorry. Now I can't get on board. I mean, none of it makes. I think no. that was. I think that was a potentially season-altering win for the Steelers against the Patriots, where not only did they kind of get back on track, they realized their potential. They can win a big game, and they can they will not crumble down the stretch, and I think this will be highly competitive. They're so ripe to have a t- – they're so ripe to crumble over the next couple of weeks. I guarantee you they will. Okay. Ooh, I like that. Ooh, let's track that. Lock Moving it up. On. That would be a great lockup, by the way, if you think they're ripe to crumble. What, take the Saints? Yeah. Happily take the Saints. Switch my lock. Don't don't blame me, though. No, I don't care. Okay. Well, you got the magic right. I might switch it to the Bears before we're done, too. I like that lock. That was just a juicy lock. about 10 minutes left. I mean, mean, it's not a bad – the numbers would say you just switched to a much heavier favorite, so it worked out well for you. 
right? The Saints. It worked well to what beat. You were before the I Chargers. was the Chargers. Oh yeah, I'd, if I were you, I'd take the Saints anyways. Compared to there you go. Not that Good I know. Job, Mark. Anything. I'm I'm tempted to switch it to the Bears too. So let's Greg, who's in last place though, is saying that was a great job by you. Are you a little worried about that? Ooh. I mean, I don't. I'm not going to listen to any of this psychological warfare <laughs> streaming over my way from Greg during any of this. I I so. promise you, I'm not sending any warfare about the locks. This is the Kansas City Chiefs. You want Shook to win the whole thing? What are you talking about? <laughs> the That's Kansas City the Chiefs are. Uh, I don't know. It's it's right on the line. I think. No. The Kansas City Chiefs, 29-28. They fell Thanks. in crushing, crushing fashion to their the rival Chargers at home. Uh, it, it was a costly loss, but they, they still are in good position in the AFC. Uh, but here's another tough battle, Greg, now. They got to go to Seattle to face the Seahawks. And and if there was a team that had a, a loss that you could put in a similar category in terms of heartbreaking, what, uh, you know, regrets, filled with regrets, it is the Seahawks who cannot find a way to beat the Niners of all teams. So here you go. Here's another great game this week. This might be my favorite game of the week. How about that, Greg? Yeah, and that makes sense because seeing Patrick Mahomes go up to Seattle, another test for this Chiefs team that I thought is overall the best team in the league and the best, certainly the best offense in the league still. I think the, the Seahawks defense has been, I wouldn't say overrated, but it's not it's not a defense I think is going to be able to stop Kansas City, period. The, the best part of their defense right now is up front with Puna Ford and Jerron Reed are playing really well, stopping the run. But, you know, I don't know if the Chiefs are going to run the ball that much. And I do think uh, you're going to see the best of Patrick Mahomes and that they're in a different class of teams, even when they're, they're going to Seattle. Little concern. Sammy Watkins is, is not going to play in this game. And they don't – they have Chris Conley, but there's not a lot of depth happening behind Tyreek Hill – at this point, but they find other ways to to get it done. I'm with you. I think the Seahawks gave up a few too many big plays to the Niners last week, and so now what are you dealing with with Kansas City? I'm with you, Greg, as well, but I do really want to see how the Seahawks play against a team like Kansas City because they've been a team that has either played up to their competition or down to their competition for the majority of the season. I wasn't a big fan of them going into this year, and they've been a pleasant surprise, so this is one of those games that could be entertaining. It's a huge game, I think, for the MVP. If Mahomes plays well in Seattle, I just feel like he's had the season and that kind of puts an exclamation point on it. But if he struggles or, you know, they lose and don't score many points and Rivers does something Saturday, then I think it's like wide open. Well, in that last game we talked about, if, if Breeze knocks out the Steelers, that he's right there too. Yeah, that's true. He, Justin Houston's really coming on. I mean, I, that's why I'm not that worried about the Chiefs' defense. If, if they can get a little more snaps out of Eric Berry, who returned last week and, and did okay. They're this. second in sacks and eighth in takeaways. Like, their defense makes plays. They have three really good players in their front seven with Chris Jones, D. Ford, and, and Justin Houston. And, and if they can get the help in the back end, I think they could turn into a good defense. And I did have a panicked Seahawks fan tweet me, say, please tell me, uh, you know, what are the chances that my team loses out? You'll be all right. Don't worry. I know it was tough last week, and the Chiefs, you could get popped there, but the schedule gods gave you a nice little cupcake. Cardinals in your building in Week 17. Win that game. You're playing in January. What cupcake, on the, cu- what cupcake on the cupcake wall are the Cardinals? Mm. I think I mean, they're the tastiest the, cupcake there is. I mean, on the road High in calorie. Week 17, after, like, there's probably pregame <laughs> reports that Wilkes is already, you know, is on the door. That's the bag. The bags are packed. How about a little Tyreek Hill versus the poor man's Tyreek Hill, Tyler Lockett, who I think is about as close to Tyreek Hill as there is in the NFL right now. He's having such an awesome season and is so important for them. And just to back me up, Greg, you are the playoff calculator 
They win just get to nine wins. The Seahawks are going. Now there is a sequence. I wish I could. Uh, I wish I had it prepared. Damn. Because so, if the Vikings, if you're win- listening to the show, sir. Right. All right, hang in there. It could get bumpy. If the, <laughs> if the Vikings win out, if the Vikings win out and the Eagles, no, I guess I think they still would knock out. I think they're okay. Okay. Well, if you're listening to the show, you're all good. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Monday night football, Christmas Eve. Uh, hang up the stockings, you know. Uh, get the uh, the turkey, the Christmas ham. Is it? Yes, Christmas. I never had that when I was a kid, but some people like to have the ham. I I don't get ham. Like even back when I would eat all these trays of food, like the ham is not the tastiest right. of dishes. In the uh, well, you don't like meat, right? No, but I mean, as a child, I did up until okay. ham was introduced occasionally, just unappealing. Largely. See, I was a big fan of ham as a kid, but I'm now a ham to turkey convert. Hmm. Really? Yeah, and I'm proud to say it. And it's good for the muscle mass as well. Of course, yes, lean protein. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> the Grinch who stole Christmas. Roasted beast, it's referred to. So uh, while people are prepping their roasted beast and, and getting ready for the beautiful holiday that is Christmas, you also have the opportunity to watch the 6-8 and eight Denver Broncos going nowhere, losers of two straight, against the 3-11 and 11 Oakland Raiders, also going nowhere, losers of three of four. Um, Mark... <laughs> Do you have anything to say? I know you're going to be watching this game on Christmas Eve while your family gets excited with Santa on the way. I will not be watching it, but I will oh. be watching to see what happens with Vance Joseph because there are now reports, and this has been going back and forth all year. This is coming from Greg's former employer, Pro Football Talk, and Mike Florio released this report that Vance Joseph is essentially expected to be let go, we're, that we're going there, but he does leave the caveat that Elway might change his mind, but it sure seems like. Uh, so is that a report? Or like, what is that? Report? I mean, I it's it that is. I'm just putting it out there as a report. So Florio says expected. that John Elway thinks he's going to fire the head coach unless he changes his mind before. I guess. I mean, a lot Black of things Monday. could happen under that. There's umbrella of thinking. It's tricky because these guys and Tom Pelissero had a report earlier this week. We talked about that both coordinators are expected to be gone in Atlanta. And I, you get the sense you you have these sources and, but it's like they they have job. Vance Joseph has a job for the next two weeks, and these guys have jobs for the next two weeks. And I don't know if they're cautioned to make it as soft as possible. I I don't know. Mm. It's weird. Yeah, it's tough. How can you really report something's going to happen in two weeks? I guess you can. <laughs> I guess that's the job, though. Because the the whole world could change. That's you, true. You can't be. Yeah, you can't be too firm. I mean, a team could <laughs> get obliterated or something. Who knows? All right. Mass, you know, hysteria could overtake the land. Absolutely. Cancel those games for Mark. Um. All right. So that's it. The show. Uh. The next time you'll hear us is um, Sunday night. It will be our recap show, December 20th. Some people go into Operation Shutdown around this time of the calendar. No, no, no. We will continue to grind. We will be here for you after the Week 16 Sunday games. Nick, thank you for your uh, helping helping us out. Pinch hitting. Mm. Beautiful. Uh, are you going to replace Wes? I don't think so. And I, unless there's massive public outcry, and even then, I think our support for Wes would win out and Wes would remain on the show. But even if it's not going to lead to a, a coup, you did great work. Listen, you know, I, I came in, I gave my best effort, and at the end of the day, it's it's hard to uh, take the seat of Michael Jordan. Wow. 
Yeah. Is the goat. And and like for all the listeners that are wondering, hey, if you're doing your recap show Sunday night, what about that Raiders Broncos game? Uh, we're actually going to tweet out Nick's personal cell phone number and you can just call him throughout the holiday season right. and he'll give you a three minute recap of that game uh, just over the phone. Better you than the robocalls. <laughs> okay. That's right. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. That's it. This is Dan Hansis signing off for the quiet storm. Shook, get your pump in. The old boss and Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Until Sunday night. Into every state we have, and I think that I'm inclined to say that Brody stole my heart. You can keep the 49. Hearing goals that dot the sky, blue waves that paint the rocks. Water rich with Neptune's life, the boats that line the docks. I see the lighthouse flickering to help the sailors see. There's a place for everyone, Rhode Island's it for me. Rhode Island, oh Rhode Island, surrounded by the sea. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.